Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that wherever you are on this planet right now, that you are doing tremendous. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. We have a tremendous episode for you today. We have Rex Bear on. He is the creator of the Leak Project. He is... Uh, If you think my stuff is out there, Rex definitely goes down the rabbit hole even further than I do, and he makes a ton of content, has interviewed a ton of different people with very different backgrounds, a lot about uh, ancient teachings, ancient texts, uh, conspiracies, UFOs, aliens, ancient civilizations, you name it, and so I am so happy to have Rex on the show because I wanted to pick his brain about what he has learned, what he thinks uh, the truth is now from sifting through all of the content that's out there. So in this episode, um, put on your tinfoil hat and enjoy. Uh, Come in with an open mind. See if any of it resonates with what you think. See if it inspires some research. But we talk about the Sumerian Kings list, which is so interesting. And a lot of Rex's uh, belief and research comes from the Sumerian tablets and the Sumerian Kings list, which is very interesting stuff. We talk about the Anunnaki, uh, Anana's descent to the netherworld. We talk about the Enki and Nimma and Enki and Enlil story. We talk about uh, Nibiru. We talk about the pyramids. We talked about Egypt. We talk about the Nagamati scriptures, um, astral projection, Bob Lazar and who he thinks is legit in the UFO community and in the UFO alien space. So this is a really mind-blowing episode. I know that you're going to enjoy it. If you do, please take a screenshot, share on your Instagram, share on your Facebook, uh, tag me at Matt Belair. Let me know where you're listening. And also feel free to reach out give any suggestions i love hearing from you guys and your feedback it allows me to get the guests that you want to hear and uh, allows me to grow the show and um, get the word out there you can also leave a review in itunes leaving a review helps immensely so thank you to all of you who have taken a second to leave a review so please do that But the best thing that you can do is three kind acts today. But even better, just do one kind act or or better is three. Uh, Any kind act for another human being is the best way to support the show. And if you wanted to toss a buck in the bucket, uh, going to patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair. Tossing a buck in the bucket helps immensely. And I want to thank so much, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for tossing a buck in the bucket. It helps. And thank you to all my patrons. So... Coming January, there is going to be a new membership site, and I'm going to kick it off with doing a 21-day challenge. There's going to be 21 lessons. It's going to be a very simple challenge, but I'm also going to be doing coaching, Q&A, and feedback. And if you want to get in the loop for that, make sure to go to mattbelair.com. Sign up for the email list because that's where I'm going to put out the information. I'm also going to be putting it out on Instagram. Um, I'm coming down to the wire to get the site built and and how to navigate it and all that kind of fun stuff I need to do to learn it. Um, But check it out. It is going to be awesome. It's going to be very 
inexpensive and would love to have as many of you guys in there in the members portal. It's a way to welcome you guys to a lot of coaching and give a ton of value and it's going to be a membership um, and things I've been wanting to teach for a long time and putting a lot more effort towards that. So please go to the email list, check that out and uh, I look forward to seeing you guys inside of that portal. For those of you guys who are interested in one-on-one -on -one coaching or doing the heart journey hypnosis experience, hit me up matt at zenathlete.com. I would be happy to work with you or if you're a part of an organization and want to do organizational training, team training on anything like flow state, peak performance, mindset, performance psychology, anything along those lines, hit me up. We'll be happy to work with you. So I think that wraps it up. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you're having a great day. So let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive into this amazing episode. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath. And now just let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, inspiration, energy, and ready to take on this incredible episode with Rex Bear. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest created the Leak Project to offer awareness and information not found in the mainstream news. With over 90% of the world's media controlled by only five enormous conglomerates, many people are looking for more accurate information. The Leak Project offers a refreshing approach to the brain drain media. They bring you the cutting edge in news, current events, on-scene video footage, interviews, and information. Welcome to the show, my friend, Rex Bear. What's going on, brother? Hey, how the heck are you? Doing great, man. It's so awesome to have you on the other side. You pump out just an, an enormous amount of such intriguing content, man. You're such an interesting dude. Um, it's been an honor to be on your show a couple of times, but the way that you pump out contact on such subjects that I'm so curious about, man, it's an honor to have you here. So for my audience that hasn't been introduced to you or your work, just give them a little bit of history about who you are and what you're up to. Yeah, sure. Hey, I'm. Uh, I, they just let me out. Actually, I, I looked out on the uh, the internet the other day, and somebody said that I was cloned in a search engine facility in Chicago recently when I went out there to an event. Um, so previous to previous to being cloned, I was a reptilian shape shifting Jesuit, um, and I read that on the internets. It's got to be true. It's uh, totally. Be true. totally. Everything's true <laughs> on the internet. It's awesome. It's, it's amazing. Uh, so no, I, I'm right now currently in Southern Colorado and I've had maybe 80 to hundred different jobs in my life. A lot of them been sales related. Last job I had, I was traveling and doing group presentations and, and helping people get into um, vacations. So that was an experience. Before that, I worked for a Fortune 100 company for several years and it was kind of like the Formula One of sales. And when I got into it, I was so just blown away by what these people were doing and how good they were at their jobs that I was like, it's like, wow, man, that guy's driving a Ferrari and I'm riding my bike. What's this? literally, I mean, that's, that's how it was. So I was a little bit different, but I was good at what I did. And, um, I just enjoyed kind of being the, the redheaded stepchild. And, uh, during lunch, I was talking about what I do here at Leak Project. Literally, I was talking about the same stuff, uh, throughout my career, most of my career, that I said, you know what, I just might as well do it full time. 
So here I am. Hello. Yeah, man. How many, so how many years has it been full-time leak project? Four years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, about four years. So the, I was actually, the job that I had when I, when I finally quit and I told my boss to just, I told him where to go in, in many ways because he was being a total tool, a narcissistic jerk, a uh, sociopath. And he admitted to me that he was a sociopath. Well, to make a long story short, my father-in-law was dying. He was at the hospital in his last days. If I get a little bit emotional, I apologize because he was just the coolest guy in the world. But my father-in-law is dying and my boss is like, get back to work, man. You're not doing a good enough job. You need to focus more at work. I'm like, dude, my father-in-law is dying. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, people die and that's what happens. And that's it. You know, they don't go. You know. So I was, anyway, <laughs> I was like, okay, I've had enough. And they started getting, you know, ripping into me and lying to me and stuff. And I said, and I left and I never went back. And about two weeks later, they begged me back. I said, nah, no thanks. Oh man. Well, that's crazy, dude. I'm sorry to hear about that. And so, you know, what, what made you want to start the leak leak project? How did you like get into that? And, and was it something that you knew you were going to commit full time to and, and just try to get as much information out there? Because I don't know how many videos you have, but it's an astronomical amount. You have well over 300,000 subscribers. You're pumping out interesting content all the time. So what motivated you to kind of dive down these rabbit holes? Like I see you as somebody who would be able to cut to the chase and I hope to talk about it on the show. Just a little bit about UFOs. Like what do you think of the credible events? What's your view on what the hell is happening on this planet? What's your view on ancient civilizations? And you're one of those people who's done a tremendous amount of research. You've interviewed a ton of experts on so many different things. So you know, is it something that you were always curious about or what inspired you to start the show? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, I, I was, when I was 18, I was talking about that Sidonia image that was captured in 1976 via Viking orbiter where it looked like a, a giant face and, you know, pyramids around it. And I was talking about that and people were looking at me like I was crazy. And back then you just had books to show. You didn't have the internets. You know, so, so I was showing them the images via books and, and the research that I had done, and people still looked at me like I was crazy. Um, I had a very fascinating experience when I was just a, a toddler. I wasn't even two years old, and I've talked about this before. I don't know if that's what kind of set me off to, to, to be on a different path, but whatever it was, I thought they were life-size Star Wars figures. And uh, my parents said, no, you know, we didn't have any life-size Star Wars figures growing up, Rex. It's like, okay. So anyway, I've, I've talked about that before. We can get into it later if you want to. But that was, what's interesting is there's two other people I know right now that um, I consider good friends. And we've got some, some pretty cool similarities and we're doing the same kind of research and, and such. And these people that live in completely different places have seen that same entity that I saw. And the way that they described it was um, one person described it like Timothy the Tooth, which is this old cartoon figure that looks like an E.T., but he's a tooth. He's a big tooth. And uh, my other friend described him as, uh, as the cockroach people because uh, his face looked like a cockroach. And uh, so I, man, I'm getting kind of emotional just thinking about it. But yeah, whatever it was, man, it just kind of triggered me. And I didn't really think about it much. But then when I was about... 15, 16, 17, 18, I had a lot more weird stuff happen to me. And I started questioning. I was like, wait a second, what was that that I saw? And I went to my parents. And I was like, did we have life-size Star Wars figures growing up? And they were like, no, what are you talking about? And I, I told them about what I saw when I was in my crib. And uh, you know, I said, hey, maybe it was just a wild dream or something like that. I don't know. But I, I, um, 
I described the room and the room is the room of the first house that we lived in. We were, I was, I was two years old by the time we moved out of that house into our next house. So I know that it was in the first house that we lived in and I was less than two years old. That's why I say I was, I was a toddler and I was in the crib and there was like these three entities that were just like looking at me and they're, and I don't know, I mean, they didn't take me anywhere. I don't remember going anywhere. I just remember them staring at me and I was staring back at them and, and uh, that was it. That was it. But then anyway, later on in life, I, I meet some, some wonderful people and they had similar experiences. So I'm, I'm wondering if they kind of triggered me They're like, okay, Hey, we're just checking in on you in 30 years. You're going to have leak project and you're going to be talking to people all over the world. So, and you know, it's going to be fun. So just be ready for it. So we just want to say hi and we'll, we'll see and we'll see in a bit. Uh, so here I am, man. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Well, you know, that's actually the first time I've heard of anybody telling me about a spirits at that young an age. I've heard of maybe like six years old and you've, you know, you might have an experience, but I've never heard of a toddler one. That's interesting. And you know, there's so many toddlers out there and little kids that, kind of have these, you know, imaginary friends, or they are able to like see these things. And who knows if it's their imagination, or they're so fresh from like the other side that they have such a different understanding or view, like they might have a higher sense at that time where they might be able to see something or experience something that we can't. So who knows what's going on there. So well, what I'm curious about, man, I, I have a lot of questions for you. So I'll show I'll throw a big one at you right away. What is your view in the best guess that you can and what the actual flying F is going on on the planet. Like if you were to kind of share it to someone, you know, throwing in all the Illuminati, the uh, conspiracies, you know, all that kind of stuff, the world controllers, all that thing. How would you wrap that in a nutshell in, you know, five minutes and 10 minutes and two minutes or whatever you need to share on that scope? I'd, I'd be curious what you have to say. Wow. That's uh, the, the price. <laughs> the whole hour, is. the whole hour, whatever you need, man. Where do we go from there? You know, it seems to me like this, I've been really breaking it all down to the Sumerian king list as far as what we're experiencing now. So whatever it is that came down from the heavens approximately 300,000 years ago and manipulated mankind in its form then and descended from the heavens and they created the kingship and the kingships around the world are basically connected by six degrees. So it seems to me like the majority of what we're taught is absolute baloney. It's beyond fluff and it's insulting. Not only from religion, the majority, or I don't even know about the majority, but a lot of science, a lot of history, especially when you go back just a few hundred years, if you go back a few thousand years and before, the history that they tell us is, is beyond ridiculous. So it seems to me like it's this energy transference that we're in and whatever it is that um, has decided to be the controller at the apex, I think it's connected to that. Um, and, and I'll tell you why, because the religions, if you break down the Old Testament, the majority of the scriptures you can connect to the Sumerian king, the, the Sumerian king list in some way, shape or form, or to the uh, ancient cuneiform tablets. Now, a lot of people refer to the, the tablets as Sumerian tablets or the Sumerian king list, but the only reason it's called the Sumerian king list is because the Sumerians were the ones that documented it. This king's list is, uh, spans far more civilizations than just the Sumerians. 
It goes back before the Arata civilization. The Arata civilization was before the, the Sumerian dynasty, and they were most likely the ones that built Gobekli Tepe, and they were most likely the giants and probably uh, blonde hair, blue eyes, the majority of them. And they, they, um, something happened approximately 28,000 years ago that was so catastrophic, it changed the world at, at a major level. Uh, like most civilizations were destroyed. And then you go back about 12,500 years ago and most civilizations were destroyed then also. And there's a lot of speculations as to why. Everything from aliens to um, nuclear catastrophes to past civilizations with advanced technologies to the garden of the, or the, the thunderbolts of the gods, meaning the actual planets and cataclysmic events when there was some type of planetary flyby because of the electrical discharges, these giant plasma bolts that were hitting our planet, it disintegrated, literally disintegrated many of these civilizations. So people are like, well, where did these civilizations go? Why can't we find them? Why are there so few remains? Well, they were evaporated by these giant lightning bolts unless they found a way to get underground. Um, and so it just seems to me like there's something, there's a controlling factor that has lived through these cataclysms and, and seems to alter people and alter civilizations at a higher level that knows the, the outcome at a 99.9% level. But there's that 0.1% people like you, people like me, people like others that are listening to this podcast that are outside of that, that are like, once again, you could call us the, um, the regulators. Think of the young guns, right? Think of the movie young guns and, and uh, Billy, the kid and, and the regulators. So, we are keeping balance here and we're not as easy to control. And that's why I think that these cycles happen. And then whatever it is that's watching over us, like a bird's eye view that doesn't age the way that we do. It's like, okay, this is, I need to adjust this next cycle where they think more along the lines of a robotic mindset, a computerized mindset versus an abstract. Cause the, the, 5G implications a lot of people are concerned about. I don't think that that is even the biggest fear right now. I mean, it's just the next level of technologies that are going to incorporate autonomous systems, artificial intelligence, and other uh, electronic fluidity and bring people into this cloud. The problem is if those that are controlling these technologies decide to take away people's freedoms and abilities because they're questioning too much about what the controllers are doing to them. I mean, look at what's going on right now in Hong Kong and China. It could get far worse with the social credit systems and what they're trying to get people to do. The adoption of blockchain technologies isn't Bitcoin. The blockchain technologies that they want to adopt are going to be centralized so that they can control it. The neat thing about Bitcoin is it's decentralized at least, so it isn't one person that's deciding the outcome of that, um, of that crypto, of that market. But anyway, so it just seems to me like there's something at such a high level that has seen these civilizations rise and fall so many times that it's, it waits for these catastrophic events to happen either from the heavens, meaning planetary events, solar events, micronova or something along that lines, or it waits for the civilization to destroy itself and then it restarts. And oftentimes I think these new civilizations have less abilities than before. Uh, we're not evolving. Some of us are, but most people are devolving. And so that's where it gets into the energy transference where these entities are actually 
they're consuming as much energy as they can. They don't look at it as right or wrong. They don't look at it as making money. They look at it as energy and they're taking it not only in this physical reality, but also into the etheric realms. That's what I see. And it seems as if many of us are waking up to a point of our minds are so in tune with the Akashic records that we can um, imagine something so powerfully that it will then manifest at a very quick time scale. So this transition of power, I see a transition of power and it could go very smooth, but the MFers, one thing they're really good at is war. One thing they're really good at is this compartmentalization. What so did you call I don't it? think MFers? they're going to allow it to go easy. I don't think they're going to allow the reins to move easy. So it's going to be very interesting to see. That's where I'm at. What did you call them? Opinion. MFers? Like mother? Money funders. Money funders. <laughs> wow, man. Okay. Well, that's such a, that's such a wild breakdown. And, and I'm aware of a lot of that. And it's cool to hear you piece that together because originally one of the main sources you're referencing is a Sumerian tablet. So that's one of your bases of, of uh, solid information that you're bringing that kind of idea from, right? The Sumerian tablets? Well, okay. So the Sumerian king list goes back about 280,000 years, right? And there's certain dynasties that are labeled in these, in these, in the tablet here that you can link to other tablets. So, for example, I just read the Anana's descent to the Netherworld, and if you read Anana's descent to the Netherworld, um, the location and the dynasty that she is at at that position dates back to about 28,500 years ago. On another tablet, so you've got the the Anana descends to the Netherworld. The location of where she's at is linked to the Sumerian king list. And if you add up all the dates in the Sumerian king list, you go back 28,500 years, approximately, give or take a few hundred years. Now, that timeline is very interesting because at about that time, science is saying there was a major cataclysm that took place. When you read the Sumerian king list, and if you think of it as a person, Inanna being a goddess or some type of extraterrestrial Anunnaki that, that is actually descending into some netherworld, it's very, it's kind of horrific because she hangs on a hook for three days. I mean, it's, it's pretty dark. If you, and I think that, that is actually something that took place on a ritualistic level. However, the, the root of that tablet, I, I feel, is linked to the gods and goddesses, the names of these Anunnaki, they're referencing planets. So Inanna is actually Venus. Inanna is Ishtar. Ishtar is the Eastern star. The Eastern star is Venus. Venus is Lucifer in the Bible. Well, if you look at a lot of data, there's a good possibility that it was Venus that did a planetary flyby multiple times causing major cataclysms, flooding of biblical proportions. And if you read through these tablets and if you read the names of the gods and goddesses, and if you look at them in astrotheological terms, I feel it's describing major history that happened as above, so below. If there's a planet that's going to do a flyby, it's not going to hit us because of the way the, the universe is created, but it's going to cause the Earth to go off orbit, and you're going to see a lot of electrical discharges coming from this planet. You're going to see you know, comets and asteroids and all this just lightning and thunder, and then there's a lot of evidence that that's what our ancestors, and that's what the natives saw. And if you go to the Four Corners out here, there's tons of evidence in stone they were writing all this stuff down, and the, the story that we were given by the, some natives is, oh, well, that's a millipede. Oh, that's, that's a stick 
man figure, but it's really a birthing woman giving birth to a, a boy. And you can tell that because it's got, um, it's got three lines coming out the bottom. No, what, it's, what it is, is it's showing these plasma events that happened. And it's showing this, our ancestors and the natives saw what looked like gods and goddesses in the heavens when these events were taking place. Massive lightning bolts of biblical portions. Look at a Tesla coil. Or look at, you know, when you've got the ball in there and these, these things go, these plasma orbs and stuff. Well, now imagine that times a million. And that's what they're seeing in the heavens. Like, oh my gosh, look at these gods. We got to write this down. So they're putting all this stuff down in stone. And then you can verify these petroglyphs and you can duplicate these petroglyphs in the laboratories when you do these micro experiments with plasma. There's a great paper out called the Prot Instability, the Prot Z-Pinch Report, where he's taken hundreds of these images where he would do experiments with plasma and they look just like the petroglyphs that are seen around the world. And then to add to that, I think that the ancestors and the ancients would see these things happen and they would attempt to duplicate it in ritual and magic as well. And there's also evidence. Oh man, I got to take a, a, a sip here of this super tea. Mm. Dude, well, you, yeah, you should, well, I'll, I'll kind of chime in with like a little bit in there because you're sharing so much information and, and I have like bits and pieces of that. So this is great for me. So, you know, if you read any of Graham Hancock's work, it talks about these great, these floods, the indigenous people and the Native Americans that I've studied with all have a 20,000 year oral history. They all talk about sky people and star people and things like that. I was in Egypt and what I am guessing or, or think anyways is something happened, but it's after these floods, all the indigenous tribes talk about some sort of like a savior or God or something giving them civilization again. And, and they just, you know, it could be a God, it could be something else, I don't know. But it's interesting that story is worldwide. It's the same thing. After the flood, something comes and it helps civilization. Just like with the Sumerian tablets, it's like there was no civilization. Then all of a sudden, math and language out of nowhere. You're still on yeah, that's That's interesting. I like that. I'm glad you brought that up. That does bring up the possibility of there being this very advanced breakaway civilization. And one of the things that I believe because of the evidence that I've done uh, research on with these tablets is the Anunnaki is, okay, there's so many different references to the Anunnaki. Even the Hopi talk about the Anunnaki is the ant people that saved them, taking them either inner earth or off the earth during these cataclysmic events. And then when the cataclysmic events settled, they brought them back up into the, uh, you know, brought them back up from under the earth. So these, the question is, the Anunnaki, I think, are oftentimes there's mislabeled. There's a multitude of civilizations before the Sumerian dynasty of these giants and great builders. And it seems as if the, the, the history that we have access to, a, a lot of these tablets have been either mistranslated or we don't understand them fully where uh, we'll be reading about an Anunnaki person and it might either be referencing a planet or it might be referencing somebody completely different that adopted that person's name. So you have to really be careful if you're to deciphering these tablets. Is it a person that it's describing or is it a planet? And I'll give you an example. Enki and Ninma is a Sumerian tablet that is a story that's been copied from a story that's been copied from a story that's been copied from a story. Enki and Ninma are drinking beer and making people. 
they're making people and they're like, oh, oops, I made that guy wrong. He can't stand upright. Let's give him to the king. All right, I'll have another beer to that. Oh, oops, that one. Uh, I don't even know what that one is. I don't know what we're going to do with that one. So they were literally manipulating, genetically manipulating people at that time. And there's a lot of stories that talked about how they were making, and I'm not talking Zachariah Sitchin stories either. I'm talking Oxford translated Sumerian tablets. And I have um, lots of respect for Mr. Uh, Sitchin as well. I just don't agree with all of his theories, I, but I don't know of anybody I agree with 100%. I think that he's done a lot of great work, and I think a lot of his stuff does overlap some of these Oxford translated tablets as well. Um, as far as Nibiru goes, though, I have not found anything on Nibiru. I found lots of stuff on Nibiru, but not Nibiru. The difference is Nibiru was a capital in ancient Mesopotamia. So uh, whether Nibiru was Jupiter at one point or Saturn at one point or the crossing of these planets or the polar configuration is all up for debate. Some people even think it's a spaceship. I don't know. Um, I, I'm just taking the data that I've, I've researched thus far. And, and where I'm going with this is if our ancestors, if the ancients, if the gods knew how to genetically manipulate people because they wanted to have us do the work for them. They wanted us to do not only the mining, not just gold, they wanted us to, to be their servants. They wanted us to be their AI. Well, now we're creating our replacements. We're creating technologies that are so advanced we don't even understand them when these autonomous algorithms can crack the codes in seconds or minutes that people haven't been able to do in decades. So th there's that abstract versus machine again and seems as if it's a cyclical timeline. Um, the, some of these tablets talk about the um, bringing gardening, bringing trade, bringing markets, bringing these modern, how do I put it, economics and such in, into a new civilization that wasn't there before. And it typically goes back to the Anunnaki. So it seems to me that there is a small group that has figured out a way to genetically modify themselves, to extend their lives, to, to live indefinitely. And, and they're still a part of this same cycle. They're still using the same blueprint because the same things happen over and over again, um, just in a little bit different lights. Like meet the new boss, same as the old boss. They're using the same tactics, the same antics. It's just newer technologies. And the, you go back into the, the really incredible hieroglyphs in Egypt and the, the megaliths and these structures that we can't even come close to duplicating today. They were far superior in, in levels of advancement and also, I believe, spirituality. I think that a lot of our ancestors could astral project at will, could communicate without talking or writing things down. Like I could come up to you, Matt, and I could just, I could tap you on your shoulder, bro. And, and I, would, I would know, you know, we could communicate that way. I would, like, you would tell me a story. You would, you would share with me something, an experience that you've had that you wanted to, and, and, and I would see that, and then I would do it back. And then, like, oh, check this out. I just built this flux capacitor, and then, like, this is how I did it. And then you, you pat me on the shoulder, and then all of a sudden, boom, I know how to do it. We can time travel. You know, we don't have to talk about it. Because talking, as amazing as it is, you got to be a good communicator. And even the best communicators are going to miscommunicate with somebody at some point in time. There's somebody that's not going to get it. They're not going to understand the way you were presenting something, because, not because you're right and they're wrong, just because they have a different view. 
they might have looked up the definition of a word and they're, they're looking at the third definition in English instead of the second. So that if, if we could communicate without words and without talking, imagine how much that would take away from the division. And I think that that's also something that our ancestors could do. And we, aren't, we don't have that capability. I think that it's been taken from us. I think some of us can. Some of us can, can experience it and build up to that. But I feel that that's something else that was taken from our divine right when we were manipulated. And it just seems to be more and more and more. And uh, we're getting to a crossroads here where some of us have realized that all these compartments are for them, not for us. And we, we take, we get out of it and we start to become like Tony Stark and, you know, just brilliant minds and creating these amazing things. And then, then maybe we become those breakaway civilizations, but then what happens to everybody else? Do they, do they stay in the same cycle? Like the matrix where Neo comes back seven times and he's talking to the architect again. He's like, you've already been here. You do the same thing every time. Nothing changes. Man, yeah, you well, you touched on a lot of important things there. And like, I've done a lot of research too. So I understand what you're talking about. Many people might not. But the interesting thing is like, I like your point about mythology, like saying, hey, this person might have actually represented a planet and how we are understanding this, even like in, in Bible or all these ancient texts and these ancient myths, they talk about giants, they talk about people from the stars, they talk about all this thing that we can't have that we are unaware of now. But we've got tablets that are dated, you know, 28,000 years or whatever the case is, we have indigenous history, that's 20,000 year oral history, talking about these same things, we have the pyramids, and these other structures that are so big, that we can't engineer now, we don't know how the heck they're here. And so when you're trying to figure out what's going on, you've got like this physical evidence that doesn't make any sense, like the flying pyramids behind me, who knows if they could fly, but that'd be super cool if they could. Um, these engineering feats that are beyond today, then you've got these ancient stories. And then you've got some scrolls and, uh, you know, hieroglyphs and, and things like that, that you can kind of like, try to piece this story together, then it comes down to the translation and the interpretation of that translation. And so I believe, you know, and then at the end, you talk about kind of like the Tower of Babel ideas. Like if we could all speak the same language and divide and conquer is such a great way to control any species. And it, we're so div divisive now in the world, you know, white, black, orange, Canadian, American, you know, gay, straight, whatever you want to divide, you know, short, tall, you, you know, driving a different car, Honda versus the guy in the Buick, <laughs> you know, we got to beat him down. And this, that's where the planet is going. And it's so crazy, but we can't communicate with each other. And if you look at the origin of these religions, like the teachings, it's all essentially the same thing, but people are literally speaking a different language. They can't communicate with each other to know it's the same thing. And they're not being aware that it's human and human and they're battling each other. And, and a lot of, you know, crap is going on. Then I want to got to get into this a little bit. Cause I, I wonder if you heard this, that, something that I heard, but if you look at the way that the world is going, I like your point in the sense that it does look like people are becoming more machine-like, more robotic. You look at how many people show up at a job and just stare at a computer. You're taking your physical body and you show up and you stare at a computer. Now you might be an accountant, you might be a banker, you might be doing something really great, but your physical body in all of the places it could be on the entire planet is in a cubicle staring at a computer because we are essentially now modern slaves to money. We need that money to get food so we don't die. We have to, we have to do it. And so ideally you can figure out a way not to do exactly that, but we're becoming more machine-like. We're less empathetic. We're less um, you know, connected to 
other people and other things in nature and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm curious your thoughts on AI and, and where you th- see things going, because I don't know if, I don't know if I heard this from David Lombear or I heard it from somewhere else. Um, I just watched a few things on AI and, and all that kind of stuff, but apparently um, I don't know someone's get some, some conspiracy person will find this for me. Maybe you already have it, but they were working on machine learning and that's essentially what AI is, is machine learning. They got the programs to talk to each other. All of a sudden they started forming their own language and then the, the scientists tried to shut it off, but that program or that communication went out. Have you heard about that? Am I the, have you heard about that at all? Communication going out with an AI? So, yeah. So it's like these two, they started a program. They wanted the, the AI to talk to each other, right? They turned it on and it worked. And then all of a sudden the AI created its own language immediately that they yeah. couldn't understand. Did you hear about that? Yeah. Oh yeah. And then they had to go get, they had to create another AI to Is that verified. Do you know where that's from? It's from Facebook. Okay. Did I, yeah. Did I hear that? Is that just some sort of crap? I don't know, but I heard no, that. I don't no, know. It was, it was at, no, what happened was Facebook created these algos that started communicating in a language that at first they thought it was just miscommunicating. And then they realized they were just being more efficient by the way they were communicating. And then they had to go, they tried to get them to stop. Then they had to get another AI system to go in and essentially decipher what what these two were saying and then the ai went back and told the people what they were saying so what's interesting is so there's two ais in a machine right that are <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so so then so then you got this other ai that they send in to go communicate with these two well wouldn't they be smart enough to tell that one like to reprogram that one ai bot and say oh go back and say okay this is what we're saying and uh, we're just going to shut off now. And meanwhile, now they just, they activated another bot. So these AI bots are now self-aware and they're inside of the webs activating other algorithms, making everything self-aware. Now that would be fascinating because of all the technologies that we have observing us, then this thing could be observing us through everything. Dude, well, that's, that's so bonkers, man, because, you know, check this out as a thought experiment, right? Like we're trying to decipher what's going on here. You've been... In a VR, I take it. Virtual reality. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So if we look at that and and what's happening with technology, it's not it's not advancing linearly. It's advancing exponentially. So if we look at all the technology we have and go back to when you and I were kids, um, you know, and my very first system was Atari. A lot of people watching this won't even know what Atari is. If we are at Atari now with VR. Where in the flying F-bomb are we going to be in 40 years? Because this is not going one plus one is two. It's going one plus one is like seven. You know, seven plus seven is like 500. And so these breakthroughs that are happening are so exponential that we're not even going to be able to tell where we are with with AI, with CGI, with robotics, with virtual reality, with Project Bluebeam, things like that. Like what we're able to see when they do when they do, uh, you know, Tupac on stage, you know, as the um, hologram years ago. Well, what about the people with infinite money that have can hire the best scientists with the best resources? What can they create? There's a very real possibility that I think that that um, the Spider-Man movie was such an interesting concept because I don't think that that technology is that far fetched. We could pr- somebody could probably create that right now, and we wouldn't be able to tell the difference. I, are you talking about the, I don't know what technology you're talking about with Spider-Man. 
Oh, you didn't watch the new Spider-Man? No. Come on, Rex. <laughs> Look, dude, I'll tell you what happened. So I watched the Avengers 2. I watched the Avengers 2, and I was so, I was so disappointed in Avengers 2 that I was like, I'm not even, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I, I, know, I know how you feel, man. I, I, I bite the bullet and go anyway. But basically, the bad guy, what he's able to do, and this is a spoiler. If you haven't watched Spider-Man, don't be mad at me. This is a spoiler going to happen. He, he has this, like, he uses drones that create an artificial reality and basically hologram these scenes in cities. So you, they think they're fighting some sort of bad guy, right? But all of it is, is made with drones creating an official reality around a group of people. So that sounds like frequency control, frequency manipulation. If, if you can target the exact frequency to create a specific response in the human brain um, for hallucinations, then these drones could, in reality, they could target somebody and, you know, 27 volts, microwatt, 5G, I'm getting a phone call. Oh my gosh, I'm in a battle with Spider-Man right now. Meanwhile, they're getting, you know, like they're inside of some Borg machine and it's like plugged right into their third eye and it's going. <laughs> yeah, man, exactly. So, so the, the technology, like you've obviously heard of Project, Project Bluebeam, things like that. You know, the idea is that we don't know where this technology is going to go. And with the way AI and CGI, like here's a question I want to ask you though. You, you look online now and we're trying to figure out the truth. You are a guy who's trying to figure out what is actually going on. So many people out there are throwing out CGI videos of UFO. They're not real because they want to get views. They want to talk about that. They want to, you know, everybody's talking to a UFO these days. You know, what, is, what do you think are the most credible UFO people or experiences i think that you believe in ufos i don't know um and i know we're coming short on time and i want to blast a lot of questions your way but i wanted to ask and want to sneak it in there as another one is like what's your view on like free will and spirituality here let's say we've got this whole game coming on and some people say yeah we're ascending some people say the aliens got us some people say you know the illuminati control the world like where's your view on like just living like a good life uh, connected to maybe God spirit of the universe and people could say, well, the gods in your world, your, your viewers anyway, like gods are the, the aliens, you know, you got to watch out for them. So what's your take on that? Like the life experience itself. I think everybody's got their own path. And I think that if you're following your path, you're going to know it and it's nothing's going to get in your way. And if something gets in your way, it's, it's not going to stay there if you're on your path. So Everybody's got their own karma and their own um, trials and tribulations and opportunities and heavens and hells. So I, I don't know. I mean, you know, that I think to, to answer that on a blanket answer, there is no blanket answer. But as far as UFOs go, um, some, some people that I think are very legit, the person that I absolutely think is fascinating is Bob Lazar. I would, I would love to have an opportunity to speak with Bob one of these days. Um, I actually did an interview with the producer that put together that documentary that they recently did with Bob Lazar. That was amazing. And uh, maybe I'll be able to get Bob at, I'm going to invite him to LeakCon 2020. So we'll see what he says. Yeah, man. Well, first of all, I love I love that answer that you you shared because I feel like many people when I look in when I'm diving down rabbit holes and I see the conspiracy stuff and people are sending it to me and I'm getting all these things. I'm like, I don't know if that's real or not real. It could be. Um, number one, when I was stuck at the bottom of the rabbit hole, I was super depressed. And the other thing was I was very disempowered. I didn't feel like I could create my own reality. I felt like it was so dark and so big 
and so heavy that I couldn't do anything because, you know, why do, what is it, like 3 billion people in the world live in less than 250 a day? You know, why do the global 1% have like 40% of the wealth worldwide? Something is wrong here. Something is off here. News is frigged up. Politics are, go ahead. Let, let me add to that. One, I read an article yesterday. 1% was, actually, I think the day before yesterday, one, the top 1% in America now have more wealth than half of the middle class in the U.S. Wow. In the U.S. In the U.S. Yeah. Or it's either half the middle class or half of the population in the U.S. But I, I, think, I think it said half the, the middle class. But anyway, I'll, I'll double check on that. But that is just incredible. And you know what? Hey, man, good for them. They got it. I'm not saying that, you know, oh, let's, we all deserve more, man. Give me some free stuff. We're going to work for it. You know, it's, it's, it's our time to shine. It's, it's our opportunities now. We just need an even playing field. Give us an even playing field as far as these, these technologies and patents that you've purchased that are tucked away so far away and, and we're continuing to pillage the planet. And, uh, and meanwhile, you've got these, you know, these globalists that are, that are sending out these teenagers to tell the world how terrible people are and they're afraid for their future because of all the carbon emissions. Meanwhile, they need to be looking at the real problem. Okay, Matt, we need to look at the real freaking problem here. It's not us. It's not, it's not the carbon that we're emitting. It's the termites. It's the termites. We're going to tax the freaking termites. The termites emit eight times the amount of carbon dioxide than humans. Eight times. I got you. I got you to be serious for most of the podcast, bud. That's a huge, that's a huge win for me. It's always fun to watch your shows. I actually, sometimes when I watch your stuff, I'm like, man, I'm way too serious. Like can get like a few sentences in with Rex and he'll listen to you for a bit, but then he's going to freak with you all of a sudden. Um, but yeah, man, I, I agree with the Bob Lazar thing. I hope that you do get him on your show. I think he's legit too. I also think commander Fravor is legit. And as I've gone through Looking at all these events, I found now, I think that very few are like legit, documentable, um, and people that aren't just trying to like um, get in the limelight, so to speak. You know, I think a lot of people have individual experiences and maybe get them on the crappy cams, but experiences like that, people like that is like, okay, that really opens up the doors of what is actually going on here if there are objects and there are ships. And then that's where you got to try to piece it together. People like you are doing the research. It's like, you know, how does that reference to like the King's list and like the Sumerian tablets? Like we know how old they are and we can kind of have an idea of what they say. We look at the indigenous cultures and what they're saying. And we're looking at these hieroglyphs. And so we're able to piece this story of humanity together in a little bit of a different way because what you and I are aware of is that the story given to us, the history given to us is not the full story. And it's probably mostly, like you said, baloney because because it is really designed to keep us thinking a certain way, doing a certain thing. And most people, even in the, like, we live in Canada and the U.S. in the apparent, like, two of the best countries. Most of the people are middle, middle class, lower class, and stressed out, anxiety, depression, suicide, in what are supposed to be the best countries in the world. So obviously the systems that we have right now are a little bit frigged up in some way. And so the even playing field, the new education, uh, different technologies, um, if there are technologies suppressing, I have heard from uh, a couple sources, I think I got to keep these ones private, but, um, you know, the Boston, the Boston bridge, 
you know, it looks like a tuning fork. I have heard before yeah. and, uh, you know, from pretty solid sources that what those are, are, are basically resonators. And what they do is they send out a slight frequency to frig with people. So, you know, um, you probably heard some of the World War II stuff where they detune some things and it's, some of it's more persuasive. You know, a very basic documentary you can watch is Century of the Self and how people are manipulated. That's a pretty easy uh, documentary that's uh, verifiable, that there's no denying that one. But um, apparently these big bridges are able to send out just a very subtle signal to kind of make people docile and a little bit more confused, a little bit more disconnected. And so if there are technologies like this that exist that are actually doing that, we need technologies that are doing the opposite, that are helping us thrive, that are connecting us more with ourselves and spirit. So I'm going to shut up. Do you want to, do you want to add anything to that? Don't shut up, man. Keep going. That's awesome. <laughs> I was just thinking, of, I was thinking about Washington DC and the way that the, the city is, um, designed and the roads, etc. And I'm watching a, a series on Netflix right now. It's on Amazon, actually. It's called uh, Agent Ryan. And I was actually when I when I started watching season two, the first thing that they embedded in the um, in the mind control programming was you got to worry about Venezuela. Venezuela's, you know. And I'm like, and I watched. I was like, okay, I'm not even going to watch this anymore because I, I know what they're already telling me. But I thought to myself, you know what? I'm just going to go along with this I'm, because this is what they're telling us there's, there's so much information in movies and TV shows that if you watch it and you look at it like, oh, okay, now I know what agenda they're pushing. Now I know where they're going with this. Um, but I love the intro of that series. And it's actually got some good acting, and it's, I think it's pretty good. Um, but I, I just know what it's doing. I, when I watch it, I know, I, I know what they're trying to influence me to think. And, yeah. um, but, but one of the things that I love about it is the intro, the intro is awesome. The music and the merger of, they'll, they'll merge like DC and uh, it shows DC from, the, from a bird's eye view and then it merges in with like these will spokes and it starts spinning and it's got this really cool music to it. But I was looking at the, um, from a bird's eye view DC and I was thinking to myself, that looks very similar to these petroglyphs that I've been uncovering. And um, we all know about the owl um, design with the roads and stuff like that. And there's, there's different representations on what the owl means. Some people think it's dark. Some people think it means knowledge. And if, the, if you talk to um, many that aren't uh, of a specific religion or a mindset in, in the Christian or Western mindset, the, the owl is a very knowledgeable bird. I mean, an, an owl is about as majestic as it gets. Um, so... Like these can be used for good or bad, but everything has a purpose. And if there's something at a higher level that actually feeds off of these energies, I wouldn't be looking at the bridge as the way it's designed to cause disharmony for, for individuals as it being like a, a, something to worry about. I would see that being more as an energy transference for a higher level archetype, something that is way above and beyond what, what we, most of us experience. Uh, we'll get like little bits and pieces of what it's doing sometimes when we have these synchronicities and we see timelines and, and we'll be thinking about something that's, that's really important. And right when we're thinking about it, we look at the clock and it's 11, 11 or three, 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 or, um, and then, you know, you'll be doing some research and then you find out your, your best friend is doing the exact same research or something like that. And you guys haven't even talked to each other or something like that. Just weird things that start to sync up. Um, it seems as if there's higher levels of consciousness that are influencing people at a grand scale, in my opinion. Well, I think I, I hear what you're saying. And I feel like that happens uh, on an individual journey, like with what we're looking for. I, you yeah. know, because the interesting thing is like, 
you know what let's say what whether those things are good or bad like if you just drink pop all of the time you're probably going to be unhealthy but you don't know how bad sugar is for you right away it's like your own education for what you're eating what you're consuming and like you shared about the intro um you're aware that the process of that is called priming the mind if they want to do like a 10 percent tax hike and invade china well, all of your big movies like Transformers and whatever the blockbusters are, China's going to be the enemy. They're going to seed that in there. So then when it happens, it's less of a shock to the mind. So they've seen it before. They've integrated. They've seen it somewhere. And so that's what called, you know, priming the mind is that psychological thing that they'll use. And one of the examples that I'll share is like, when you look at shows on TV, it's not just one show on murder, like CSI. They got like a whole genre of murder shows. And so if the uh, population is afraid, they're battling each other, they're feel fearful, they don't have enough money, uh, they're going to act a certain way. They're not going to be in a liberated state. They're not going to be in a courageous state. They're not going to be connected to spirit. So it'd be great if these systems would be a little bit more on the side of growth and harmony. Um, but my friend, I don't know how much time you got. I know it's nine. I think you, I think you got a lot going on. Um, is there anything that you wish that I'd asked or do you want to talk about? I don't know which, how, how much time you got. You ever feel like you're kind of a rat in the cage? Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you kind of get that, that, weird, that weird feeling. Well, I want to share something with you. So okay. <laughs> this happened. Uh, hold, on a, hold on a second. Well, I got to. Around. This right. is why I made sure I went through my YouTube channel because you have way too many subscribers and your brain is like, you've, you've become half cyborg reading all the comments in one time. We can keep you, keep you focused. <laughs> yeah. And actually I've only looked at the comments a few times thus far. So how's my focus? Pretty good. Okay. I'm impressed. So you ever feel like you're in the cage? Yes, I certainly do sometimes. Well, let's be free. Why not? Let's, let's open up the cage. Um, this, this guy was, was pooping in my drawer and I just, I don't feel good. Like Kristen went out and got one of those mouse traps, the, like the sticky mouse traps, you know? And uh, I'm, so, so anyway, make a long story short, <laughs> we catch this bugger and uh, you know, I open the drawer and I'm like, oh man, there, there it is. Now what am I gonna do with this darn thing? So I thought about it, I'm like, I just, I don't feel good letting this thing um, die slowly on say like on some you know fly paper basically I mean imagine that you like oh my gosh so some people feel like a rat in a cage and this is going to be um, letting the rat free this this is letting all the rats free folks we're, we're letting uh, I guess we shouldn't use the term rat because you know what rats are smart but let's come up with something better um, hmm be free. This is, this is how it happens right here. I'm opening it up. I'm opening it up. Where's, okay, here we go. Oh, there he goes. There he goes. Hi, it looks kind of cute. Here he goes. See, you're scared of him at first. You're scared. You're like, yeah, you know, but then kind of made friends with the little guy. Oh, wow. But it's true. Rex Bear does have a heart. Well, look at that guy. <laughs> Be free, little guy. So he didn't know what to do for a minute. He was trying to figure it out. But then there's a spot. He's found it. He's got himself a nice new domain, and he's free. So I just think that we should all be, you know, if we want to be, 
free. Oh, there he goes. There he goes. Like, why do we have to be, why, why do they get to decide? Why, why do they get to decide what I can and can't do with my own body? Why do they decide what I should have the right to know? Why do they get to decide what kind of technologies that could better the world? Why do they have to hold on to these um, energy systems that are destroying parts of the planet that aren't good for the physical body? Yes, I understand there's a lot of people that have jobs associated with those, but we could, we could find a way to, to transition out of that if they would allow for some of these technologies to be released into the public. Say, here you go, see what you can do with it. Instead of, a, see, this is what I'm really hoping for, Matt, is instead of a future that's gonna be cyborg, that's gonna be, oh, you're paying for your food by the calorie. Uh, if you're super rich, then you can buy as much time as you've got. Like if you've seen the movie In Time, that's the currency, it's time. And I think that's, that could very well be the future, man. You got some nanobots inside you that can keep making your telenomers longer or something like that just to make you live longer. And oh, okay, I'll add a few extra years here at 5,000 years, whatever. So, so if the MFers, if there's, if there's maybe just one out there that could say, you know what? I'm ready to see what these people are going to do. I'm ready to see what they can do with these technologies. Let's, let's give them the tech and let's see what happens. What's the worst that could go wrong? I think that that's what we want to push for in the near future in a very peaceful, exciting fashion. Because you know what? Thoughts are bulletproof. The mind is mightier than the pen. The pen is mightier than the sword. You will not break me. My mind is not for rent to any god or any government. Abracadabra. Hello! <laughs> well, dude, I love all that. So on that note, I want to ask, what do you think we could do uh, for like world peace? If you could change any one thing on the planet or advocate for one thing, what do you think we could do for peace? And then the second thing I want to add is I really like how you keep coming back to like the individual sovereignty. In my research into the darkest dark crap, which I don't know if it's true or not true, I know I'm pretty confident some of it's true and some of it is absolutely terrible and awful and it is limiting humans and society in, in great ways, but that does not trump the individual power that is directly connected to source and spirit and your own ability to create here. I think that that force is much stronger than the circumstance you may be in right now, however challenging. So world peace, how do we do it? World peace? Jeez, I, I, <laughs> I don't even think about world peace. That's, that's the last thing on my mind. Um, world peace, Sounds to me like a recipe for the Borg. Um, maybe that's just, now we're all happy. Everything's good. And then something's like, boom. Oh, really? Um, no, so, so I've thought about this duality, right? The more I learn, the less I know. But it seems to me that the duality feeds the reality. So if there, it's like, which side do we choose? Do we choose to be um, on, on the right side or do we choose to be on the wrong side? Um, our, our path is, you know, many people go through trials and tribulations to get to that certain level. It's these experiences, but it seems like the, the duality is the only thing that's absolute here on, on this planet. So if, if there was peace on earth, then it would be, there would have to be a lot of things that would have to change. The education system would have to change big time, big time. 
um, you would have to actually teach kids how to learn and, and, and think for themselves. You know, you'd have to give them the opportunity to be the best that they could be and not compartmentalize them uh, sometimes at birth. Uh, you'd have to change the healthcare system. You'd have to change um, the, the factory farms. I mean, so many things would have to be changed that I don't even know where to start with that. So that's, that's, that's a whole other podcast we could, we could discuss. Um, I, would like to, I would like to see, you know, you know what could create world peace? I'll tell you what could create, well, no, because people have different levels of consciousness and they have a different conscience. You know, my, my conscience can tell me what's right and wrong. I don't need to read a book to tell me, but some people need that book. Like, oh, I can't do that. It says I'll go to hell if I do that. Oops, I better not. You know, I don't need that book. My, my mind, will be, no, don't do that, Rex. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you've probably got that too, right? You don't need a book to tell you what's right and wrong. It's true. <laughs> I think anyways, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to harm, you know, don't harm things. Yeah, don't harm things. <laughs> let That's the rat go, one. man. Just let them go. Squash him if you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Right on. Um, I mean, I got a few more minutes. If you want to, if you want to ask me a couple more questions or such, um, I, my, I've got another interview in a little bit, but we're good for now. Okay. Well, you know, I think we covered most of it. I, I guess, like, oh. I like, I like knowing the overview of you know your research and what you think is going on. I'm very interested in the ancient civilizations, and I really appreciate the answers around. Um, I think world peace isn't talked about enough. I think that when we get down to these rabbit holes, it can be um, it can be interesting, but sometimes a lot of like it, you can see in your own comments and probably the stuff that I receive is like people get really lost in it and they don't know how to ground themselves out. So I guess the, the bonus question I'll ask you is when we look at these ancient civilizations and all the research in these ancient texts, which are some of your favorite ancient texts that you look to to kind of guide like you know what this civilization's here i want to research that more because i think that there's valid evidence i think that there's a valid story that can help us where we are now so the egyptian stuff right now is just it's amazing when i look at some of these hieroglyphics and it seems like they use certain headdresses and particular somatics and they have just they're so advanced i think a lot of that stuff is probably from ancient atlantis that somehow made it and oh it's egyptian right because the sumerian stuff's supposed to be older but if you read through some of the the um scriptures it describes how the ancients the boneless ones came here first and then after them there were giants and and goblins and demons and monsters and everything but the boneless ones came first that were just superior in, in virtually all aspects but then the, the Sumerian stuff comes around and I think they just kind of took stories from stories, right? So they, they adopted these stories, they brought them in and then some historians will say, oh, the, the Great Pyramid's only 2,000 years old. I think that the, you know, the Great Pyramid of Giza, that thing could be 40,000 years old, man. Oh, it's at, it's at least 10,000. I was in Egypt with the Resonant Science Foundation and everybody there, the, the work of uh, Robert Schock, it, he can prove that it was there during the flood and the flood was 10 to, 10 to 12,000 years old. And everybody there that was a geologist, uh, an engineer, it's like these things, minimum 10 to 12,000 years. Yeah, and, and, and just, so you went there, so you had a chance to experience it. Like the sound is just probably blew your mind it's a, it, it's mind-blowing man the pyramids make no sense and i was in three pyramids with technology behind my head and technology on my head um with a group of people doing you know kind of a little bit of a strange thing but you know omen and using the the uh 
you know, the resonance and the sound. And those buildings are so, so fascinating, so vast. And, and even some of the guides, I don't know, I was on your show, I might have talked about this, but one of the guides, he'd, he's been in, he grew up in Egypt his whole life, super fascinated, basically saying that what they're teaching in school is like the Western indoctrination. It's just horse crap. It makes no sense. Like slaves built that thing. It's like, uh, uh-uh, impossible. So he had been researching him on his, his own his whole life. And he told us a story about going in the underground caves uh, or the the systems that they have, the tunnels. And he said he found this, I don't know if he said he found a box or something, but he found this box and um, I'm going to bring up the story, but it's along these lines. Find something under there with three other people and it's these balls, right? He goes, I put these little balls in my hand and he's like, there's probably six or eight of them. And he's like, I, and he looks at us and we're on the tour bus and he goes, I don't know why. I know it sounds ridiculous. I sneezed and he sneezes and <laughs> these balls fly everywhere right on the ground and he's like oh my god i just broke all these things he said once they hit the floor they all zapped back together like magnets but he's like that wasn't the strangest thing the strangest thing is when he had the balls they had a mirror and only somebody had noticed when they were kind of like um moving them around that they had no reflection in the mirror and uh we're like that is super crazy like what the heck we're like where did where did they go? He's like, we gave them to the Egyptian government and we didn't tell them where they found them because you weren't supposed to be down there. And he's like, he's like, I'm not the only one with these stories. He's like under, I'm sure you've heard this before that Egypt is like a, is like an iceberg. Most of it's underneath. And he's like, I know people who have similar findings, similar stories and the Egyptian government has taken most of that because if they excavate the great pyramids, our Western story of all the religions, all that crap falls to crap because it, it, it changes everything of the archaeology that exists in physical form. Yeah, I would love to have an opportunity to get some of that information. I, there's probably better information out in Egypt than there is in the, uh, the Vatican vaults. Right? So it's so very good information. But I would like to say this. Um, one of the things that I really enjoy doing is spending time at the uh, Oxford website where they've translated these Sumerian tablets. It's called uh, E. S-E-T-I or something like, just look up Oxford translated Sumerian tablets on a search engine. It'll pop up and I, I will go through those. And I've, I think I've read just about every one and you can, you can read those. And a lot of those will connect to the old Testament. And then even some of the new Testament stories, um, it's just, it seems to all go back to the Sumerian king list. Now, with that said, I wouldn't be surprised if in Egypt, there's stuff that goes back millions of years versus just a few hundred thousand years. But I think that something happened right around 300,000 years ago that changed everything on this planet. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and then I guess, yeah, I'll give you a last bonus question. Where do you find information? Like, where do you, who do you think is putting out good information for people to start researching, whether it's books or websites or individuals? What subjects? Uh, I would just say like history, real honest history. So for the history stuff, I've been going through the Nag Hammadi scriptures. I've been going through the, the, the Sumerian tablets. I've been going through a lot of this. Um, I will do research into who was writing about the Sumerian tablets and the ancient Mesopotamian stuff in the late 1800s and early 1900s. Um, and, and that's what I've been doing research on. Uh, the next thing, now the Egyptian stuff, you got to be real careful because I, I, I'm real hesitant to do anything else online about any of the, the Book of the Dead stuff. I'm not even going to. I don't think I'll ever do another podcast on that stuff. Um, but I will say 
it, it is it is very powerful. Just be be careful with that. Um, the Emerald Tablets of Thoth are great. Um, I don't think they were actually written by Lord Toth, but I think that they're incredible, and I think that they they resonate at, at multiple levels. Very powerful knowledge in there. If you want to get something on astral projection, I've got a book. This book is off the hook on astral projection right here. This is called the 90 Day Guide to Astral Projection, and this work for me, um, I've had some of the most amazing experiences in my life out of body. And this is, this is insane. So I tried to get this guy on the show and he wouldn't get back to me. Probably sell him, sell a hundred thousand books for him. But anyway, what, what, what's the book called? Uh, it's called mastering astral projection By out of body experiences. It basically, if you want, I can give you a, a quick, you, you probably know, you probably do it. I wouldn't be surprised if you have, um, lots I gave, of experience. Yeah. Like I did it. I did it really. I remember doing astral projection when I was younger. Um, and now my experiences weren't like, uh, I, ex I expected kind of like I would go out in the consciousness that I have now and my experiences were more like a deep meditation. So, you know, I don't know if it's the same as other people, but like I was able to experience like these realms, but it wasn't like I traveled in my consciousness, how, how other people relate it. They, it seems a bit more vast. I've had a lot of success in walking in other conscious realms, lucid dreaming. That's been the most, uh, powerful me in a whole nother dimension, you know, where the mm -hmm. lucid dreaming wasn't as powerful in that way. But I would love, I would love to hear the, the Coles notes on that. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, sorry. I, I got a little bit distracted. I ended up looking at the chat and I, I probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Get out of there. David, David <laughs> says, David says, Rex, you're a shill. And I, and I said, David, you're right, man. I'm a shill. What you gave it away. How did you know? How did you know? Oh my God. Um, yeah, I, I definitely work for the CIA. I actually, I founded the CIA. You did? Yep. As a reptilian shape-shifting Jesuit. When you, when you um, said that but, at the beginning, you were, somebody honestly probably said that, didn't they? Oh, I, yeah. There's been so many people that have said that. Um, but the CIA you're thinking of is probably not the CIA that I founded. It's called the Conspiracy Institute of America. Ah, right. Cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah nice. I'm a conspiracy yeah. scientist. I think, I think you're human. I can't tell for sure. But, you know, but see, that's the You'll thing. Never know. That's how you know you've made it because you've made it far enough where people now actually think you're a robot. So if you're going to go down this for long enough, so the day that somebody's like, Matt Belair is a shill robot, then I'm like, yes, I've made it to the Rex Bear level that people no longer think that I'm a human. I can it's only crazy, hope, but yeah. I can only hope to get to that level. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's great when you're walking down the street and people are like, neighbor is real, man, and the earth's flat. And you believe in the devil because I read it on the internet. That kind of stuff. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah. And, okay, and not, I know. I'm sorry. And it's not like you're it's rolling awesome. around in like this huge mansion with like Ferraris. It's just like, ah, you're just, this is, I've, I've chosen a peculiar field of work. If people are very heated about different things, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Bring me some information and I'll have a look at it. If people can oh, lose their yeah. mind. And, and I've actually, we've, we came up with a, um, a plan. And this will actually, this is the ultimate for the shape of the earth. Nobody can argue with, the, with this. We've, we've come up with the solution. Um, there's been too much anger between people. There, you know, too many people have lost friendships and, uh, and relationships over what shape the earth is. You know, I mean, some people believe it's flat. Some people believe it's round. Some people believe it's pear-shaped. Some people believe it's donut-shaped. Um, I was under the impression it was actually pyramid shaped. Um, so I, I feel that it's shaped like a pyramid. I think that there's, there's tons of evidence to show that the earth is actually a pyramid. Um, yeah, folks, it's crazy, but here, here's, it's a pyramid. Are you being serious? 
Maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, man? Probably not. I was like, I don't know. Like, I got pictures, man. I totally. Uh, you, you keep going. I was like, how long is he going to keep going for? Is he actually like, am I supposed to start paying attention and listening now? So. Okay, keep keep going. <laughs> Am I supposed to start paying attention? My favorite oh, one my. is like if the earth was flat, cats would knock everything off the top by now. That's my favorite one. Well, no, but uh, that is that's good. But we we have an absolute solution now. Doesn't matter. Um, you know, there's just been way too much, way too many people getting in arguments over this and losing friendships. So the earth is shaped, earth shaped. shaped nice. Like yeah. See? Yeah. So, I mean, if you don't believe that, then you'll probably tell me next that space is fake too. Um, but there is space between you and me. Um, space wasn't made in a Hollywood basement. I promise. Cause that's, you, man. See, you're, you're bridging the two worlds, right? The, there's, there's less divide. Well, it's, it's so fascinating though, too, because even in, in these things, like on a serious note, like people are so um, angry about their point of view and it doesn't matter what the subject is whether it's religion the way you do your hair the way you live your life that anger doesn't help and there's something that i learned a long time ago from this guy named Corey herder really interesting guy that guy is bonkers i hope to have him on my podcast because the stuff he talks about is super nuts but one of the things i i really enjoyed is he talked about something called the formula for truth and it's basically like say your earth the earth is round up here and the earth is flat down here or like you're all for uh circles and this is square or like you're super catholic and then this is an atheist rather than like battling the other person if if truth is like an xy axis listen to the somebody with the opposing view like it's earth so i did this when i got flat earth i didn't think the earth was flat i listened to this guy for like two hours he gave me so much information i was like oh my goodness i was like that's a pretty convincing argument you know all the stuff he was right. saying but at the end of it, it was so fascinating because I had different views on life and like just the way that my mind thought about a few things because if he's over here way up on the x-axis and I'm way down here, you know, 45 degrees is in the middle. So we're usually battling for our side. Like this is right and that's the way. And if you do it wrong, I hate you. And you know, you're the devil or whatever the case is. But if you listen to somebody, you're going to learn something you probably didn't know. And it doesn't mean you have to change your opinion. It means you get to understand a person more. You learn more, you grow more, and you get to see more of the scope of information. And with more information, you can make a more educated decision. And you can, uh, rather than confirming beliefs that may or may not be true, you're going to be open to expanding and directing your own path in a way that serves you rather than being like a whack-a-mole person for everybody who doesn't believe something that you believe. Right. Right. I like the whack-a-mole term. That's good. Yeah, so a lot of people will, it's like they're helping those that are suppressing them, feeding them false information, and then um, they go after those that won't even be like in the subject matters. Like all of a sudden, oh, well, you know this, and I read this on the internet, and oh, man, you do work for the devil. So uh, it's internets. I think that internet with the Z should be the new, the new emoji. It's the internets. It's the I internet. Where, where all great information comes from. <laughs> but you know what, though, at the same time, dude, you can get so much amazing stuff. You just cross-reference it, right? So, because yes. it's connected to everything. So, not everything, but it's connected to so much. I can meet people from around the world. Uh, there's about 20 different, is that 20 different countries now that have got a leak project hat? No way. Yeah, well, that might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but uh, it's, a cool. yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. 
Um, because I, I, mean, I did a giveaway uh, a while ago and, and people were like, oh, okay, um, you know, I ended up, oh, this person's in Finland. Oh, this person's in France. Oh, I mean, there, I sent someone in Transylvania recently, uh, a cap. So yeah, dude, it's awesome. Awesome, man. Well, dude, this has been this has been a pleasure, man. I'm so glad to have you on the other side of the mic. You're such a fun guy, and and I love how you dive into these rabbit holes. And sometimes I'll I'll email you and try to get your opinion on certain things because I know you have fun with it, but you're a serious researcher and you're looking for the truth too. And you know you're you're going through stuff that interests you, just trying to find more information. And as you do that, it's like you only know a little bit of a little bit. Like you said, the more you know the more you realize you don't know a damn thing and you're just like sharing the bits and pieces. And the more that we work together to hear other people's opinions, to be open-minded, to do some freaking research and have the courage to share that research rather than just saying, this is blatantly wrong. Say, you know what? This is an opposing opinion that might help you see more truth. That's way more beneficial. So um, is there anything that you wish that I'd asked or that you want to add before we uh, close this awesome episode with pyramids behind my head and you just saying entertaining crap the whole time? Dude, I got a pyramid behind my head. Do you know what? That's a synchronicity, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> Look. Oh, yeah, you do. I can see it. I'm surprised that's not over your head during each broadcast, your own Faraday cage. Yeah. <laughs> if you, I wouldn't be surprised, but if that thing sucked you up and then you, you were an AI or something, it won't surprise me. But if you do go on a spaceship, pick me up. Let Dude. I'm a good guy. If it's a good spaceship, anyway. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, if actually, the wrong one, do not come by. I had that thing over, you know, over the bed for a while, right? And and Kristen's like, take it down. I'm like, no. And she, so anyway, I said, <laughs> fine. So here it is. I figured it's, yeah. I spend more time down here anyway. So, and yep, when I'm in the spaceship, Matt, I'll come by and say hello, bro. Thanks, man. Yeah, oh, LeeCon's coming up, 4-4-2020. LeeCon, 4-4-2020, Boulder, Colorado. LeeCon, 4-4-2020, Boulder, Colorado. You're going to be there, everybody that's listening to this podcast right now. That's in April next year? Yes, April next year. The date is perfect, the way that it came together. You didn't even invite me last time, bro. Dude, last time, I didn't even know what was going on until I was like- You see all these pictures of the boys there? Nobody invites me? I was like, come on, I'll be at this one. I'll come to this one. Well, you better be at this one. Why do you think I'm telling you about it? Because <laughs> last time it all got put together so quick. I'm like, oh, wait. Diamond's like, yeah, dude, I already got everybody booked. I'm like, oh, you do? I'm no, like, all I'll, right. I come as a participant, bro. I, just, I like Boulder, too. I want to come check it out. I said, we should, I should come down there for a snowboard, too. But, dude, uh, you better be there. Yeah, better- where, where can people find more about you, man? Like if they want to look at some of your videos and other stuff. Leakproject.com. You got, got any favorite videos over there? There's like 5,000. There's 2,800 almost. <laughs> and hundreds of podcasts. <laughs> You're close. I'll be there next year. I'll be up there by next year. Because um, I've only been doing this for a few years, man. That's wild. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, if somebody did a podcast every day for 10 years, that uh, I'll be at that. <laughs> so um, I, yeah. I throw an immense amount of podcasts, bro. And I've been doing it for four years. I'm at like episode three. This is like 310 or something. And You're that's beast, awesome, bro. You're a beast. Yeah, but dude, I mean, I'm crazy. I'm out of my mind. Like, I'm, yes. <laughs> I'm over there. I'm over there. I'm right here. I mean, watch Mr. Robot. Like, dude, like that's what it's like in my mind sometimes. I think I'm talking to somebody and I'm talking to myself. And then I'm talking to Zorg and then I'm talking to Ozzy Stern. It's just crazy. I'm like, oh, whoa, what's going on? <laughs> so anyway, no, go to leakproject.com. And uh, wait, did you hear that? I think that was Zorg. Leakproject.com. 2,800 podcasts, hundreds are exclusive there, and there's a lot of exclusive content at leakproject.com. And some of the favorites 
yeah, dude. Um, I went to Blythe. I uncovered these geoglyphs that are 100 feet across in the middle of the desert that look like giant petroglyphs on the ground. I got footage of that from the drone. Uh, I went over China Lake at 10,000 feet elevation when um, the one day out of like forever when somebody would actually be allowed to fly over China Lake, I had that opportunity. I flew over in a Cessna. I got just amazing footage of that. It looks like a giant circuit board out there in the desert. Uh, I, I went out to, what else is a good one? My friend Ransom and I discovered this gold, this, this not gold mine, this abandoned mine in Colorado at 9,000 feet elevation. It had dozens of buildings and we walked through these buildings like we were in the film Resident Evil and we found this one laboratory with um, uh, a foot, deep of x-rays of all of these people that had their their chests x-rayed and almost everyone we looked at you could see all this crap in their in their chest and then this this whole town was abandoned abruptly and there was another location that was abandoned abruptly and they they didn't say why but that was really weird man and we got all this great footage of this entire town out there so yeah you we need went to, to a town in a building into a room that had x-ray footage of weird crap happening to people's chest like some yeah. kind of a scary movie dude it was like a scary freaking movie i am not what? even exaggerating that you watch the so footage freaked up man what are you doing it's crazy yeah and and then they, they, they these people turned parts of this place into like a skateboard park so they were spray painting spray painting stuff on the walls like um this is the last building they ever saw and, and like all this spooky stuff half dead um and, oh, dude, there was, I, I saw a ghost in one of these buildings, and Ransom saw something in this building, and then we went outside and looked and, at separate times, and the outside of the building, it said, um, no, inside the building where there was a bathtub, it said something like, um, someone died here or something like that, and outside, there was spray paint on it that said ghost or something. It was, it was spooky, dude. It's all in the footage. You should watch it. It's, it's creepy. That sounds nuts, dude. It's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yeah. That sounds, that sounds nuts. Well, you know, that's the interesting too. Like when you show up in these different spaces and you, and you go as deep as you do, you know, like me going to Egypt and like, I like to show up and kind of see what's there and you're doing that too. So you end up getting some fascinating, weird stuff, man. But yeah, stay safe. Uh, stay cool, dude. But uh, thanks so much oh. for coming on the show. I appreciate awesome. what you do. Um, any final words? Yeah, thanks everybody for being here. I want to. Uh, I appreciate everybody, even the guy in there that's calling me a, a shill and and a false prophet and all this stuff. Hey, man, I never claimed to be a prophet, so I'm just a, a conspiracy scientist in the garage in Colorado. So if you don't like it? Don't watch, man. He's like, I used to watch him all the time, and then once you know, you know, man, he's a false prophet. Who's when in the watching? hell did I claim to be a prophet, dude? I'm far yeah. from a prophet. Don't call me a prophet. I'm the one with the beans, man. You know what I mean? You're not just, you know, the, come on guys. Like just people. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice that they're still watching. And I think that it's good that you're, you know, I don't think you put out anything that is like a hundred percent serious. You know what I mean? Like it's just, I don't know. People are strange. The day you see me a hundred percent serious, you better go in your bunker if you've got one. Yep. Yeah, man. Well, I like, I like how you do it, man. It's always fun. It's always fun to watch your videos. You, you cover so much interesting stuff and you do it like kind of 
in a peculiar way and it's very lighthearted and it makes it more entertaining. So I always think about, uh, you know, trying to do the podcast a little bit more lighthearted when I see you do your thing. So, uh, thanks, thanks man. man for coming on the show, all the work you do. You're a fascinating guy, man. It's been a pleasure chatting with you and, and hearing your side of the story after so many incredible videos. And I look forward to more of your content and research. And if you ever discover something, definitely keep me in the loop. Let me know what's good. Oh, I will, bro. Thank you for the opportunity, Matt. You're a legend, man. Thanks, buddy. Thank we'll you. We'll see you soon. See ya. Cheers. Peace. Ack, ack. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, the incredible Rex Bear. If you listen to that whole thing, I hope your brain didn't explode. Go check out Rex Bear's uh, YouTube channel, The Leak Project. He is putting out some very fascinating information. You can do a lot of research in this episode as well on uh, the Sumerians, the King's List, ancient civilizations. There's a lot of rabbit holes to dive into to see uh, what you uncover and what you discover and what you believe in. Hopefully, some of those ideas will lead you to a more empowering perspective, and that's the point of this podcast is to um, find guests and find people i want to explore the truth of what the planet is and what's happened here in history so it does really go down into ancient civilizations and ancient cultures and also how does this information help us live a good life how can it help us uh, live the life of our dreams make a positive impact feel inspired feel better and so hopefully some of the ideas might have opened a doorway for your own research for your own understanding and for your own inkling um, but thank you guys so much for listening and um, if you did enjoy the episode please share it on instagram take a screenshot tag me tag rex share on facebook or wherever you can it's the best thing to get the word out there as well as leaving a review or tossing a buck in the bucket on patreon that helps so much a quick and friendly reminder january 6th there's going to be a membership portal and this is going to come with training and over january i'm going to be doing a 21 day challenge with 21 videos and training also q a and sticking together with community to help make 2020 the best year yet would love to see you guys in there make sure to go to mattbelair.com sign up for the email list so when it's ready i can send out that email you can sign up right away and be a part of that community if there's only a few of us it's going to be a lot of my one-on-one time i know you're supposed to market these things way out but uh, i'm just doing it because i wanted to get it done so here we go I, I hope to see you guys in there it's going to be amazing so thank you guys for listening and i will invite you to come into a state of peace and coherence before we close it out wherever you are in the world just take a moment to stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath And just let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, inspiration, energy, enthusiasm, and ready to take on the rest of the day. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.